Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. We're back, and I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and we're talking some sports, so let's let's enjoy it. Glad to be with you on this Monday in the hot, hot August. Seven one eight six six four nine zero nine eight. Like always, shoot us your emails, rayandtaytoday at gmail.com, the website, rayandtaytoday.com. Of course, we're social. Tweet at us, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. You know, we got your covers. Check out old episodes on iTunes. Ray, we got a little baseball, some NFL, some NFL breaking news. But we start with Rio, Rio de Janeiro, baby, the Olympics, summer, are you the fastest man in the world, Ray? <laughs> For the Who's last the 12 years. the fastest man in the world? 100 meters. <laughs> I tell you what. This guy, I'm all about we, have, <laughs> we have a GOAT situation here. Mm. Between, this might go down. When you look back in history, this might go down as an Olympic Games that showcase the greatest of all time. The GOAT in swimming, in track and field, and possibly in gymnastics. Because oh, yeah. between Phelps, Bolt, and Biles, these three are doing things that nobody's ever done in their sport in Olympics. And, you know, start with Usain Bolt. The guy, the gap between him and this competition is closing, but. They can't touch him. The guy finishes too strong. His second Three 50 Olympics meters now. and his second, I guess you could say, his last 30 meters are untouchable. Justin Gatlin ran a fantastic race and had a great start. Had an awesome start. start. Yeah, and Usain Bolt didn't, but still. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. still <laughs> caught him. It's like uh, you you got to go. If you want to beat Usain Bolt, you got to beat him in the 60 meters because in the 100 meters, you're not beating him. And he did it in three straight Olympics. Nobody's ever done that. And if he's able to get the 200 meter and the four by one, and he can go yep. nine for nine, nine for nine. In that's insane. Right? Olympic golds. I mean, that's Michael Jordan. That's Michael Phelps. That's that's a lot yeah. of. That's that's woo. That's that's big time. Oh wait, how about and this? How about this? I want to throw one more name into that mix of dominance because it's time to give Katie Ledecky some love in the sense that she's winning in long distance in swimming and in short distance in swimming, and that's pretty impressive too. Now, granted, she hasn't been at it as long as these people, but for this Olympics, Ledecky is doing her thing. You know, we we got to give it to her. Now, she didn't win the 100-meter. That's Simone Manuel, the first African-American swimmer to ever medal and to win a gold. So that we got to give props. That's history-making, you know, teaching young black women, hey, you can do it, you can swim. But that's the 100-meter. But I don't know, did Ledecky win the 50? 
And I know she won, what, the mile or the half mile or whatever the distance is, the 800 or something. So she's winning sprints in swimming and, you know, like 100, you know, like 200 meters or butterfly and this and that. So I'm pretty impressed with her, too, I got to say. So even more reason that this Olympics goes down as probably one of the all-time greats. Not Maybe not even for the performances, although we had the guy from South Africa just smash, smashing Michael Johnson's record in the 400 meters. But Did you see that? Just oh showcasing these three and, and the stories. and it, it hurts a little bit that the USA basketball is not playing as well as they should. I'd love to see that team start to kick it in gear in the medal round. But Right, and I think they come back field, tomorrow. Swimming, gymnastics, this yeah. has been fantastic. Wait, don't forget about the U.S. women rowing. That was impressive. Uh, I don't know they, about they did. That. Oh yeah, the great eight. They did their thing. Um, you know, they got the gold, and they were amazing. It was great. They were, you know, France and Canada started off early, and then it wound up being USA, Great Britain, and then Romania. But real quick, okay, we're dominating in the medal count. Twenty-six gold. 22 silver, 20, I think, four bronze. But just the, just the top ten in order, just to give you, like, you know, which countries are rocking and rolling. So, of course, we're number one. China's two. Great Britain, they were down, but they moved up there three. Russia's four. Japan, five. These are all the superpowers, right? Italy, six. France, seven. Australia, eight. Germany, nine. And then Korea, ten. Does any of these surprise you? Canada's right there at eleven. Are you surprised by anybody, or do you think somebody would be lower or higher? You know, heavy hitting Great Britain, I didn't know that they were going to be as good as they were. You figure Germany's a bigger country, and Germany would do a little better. Um, obviously, China, you figure they're going to be right up in the mix. Uh, Japan's been a little disappointing. They had some they had some favorites, like in gymnastics. They were supposed to crush gymnastics, but they didn't do that well in gymnastics. So, you know, but more or less. And Russia might course, be right? doing Russia might be doing better than some people thought with some of their people and some of their issues. You know. Yeah, that's I mean they're true. always I thought good, Russia but would get crushed because of the whole doping situation and 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 uh, you know their Olympic committee issuing sanctions. But you know what? All in all, I guess it's pretty predictable, right? The the bigger countries, the wealthier countries, are the ones that dominate. So that's why I like to root for the underdogs. I like to root for like Trinidad and Tobago. I like to root for well, you. Jamaica's one of those underdogs. Jamaica's Jama- been doing well, good. Jamaican, yeah, in in sprinting has always been there. Um, but yeah, I, li- I like to see those those stories. I also like to see those those cold Kazakhstan. weather countries in the. Yeah, in Kazakhstan the, uh, is one. Denmark's <laughs> won a couple of medals. Brazil's pretty far down. I was surprised about that. Actually, you're right. Was, For a was, country that's big and the host country usually yeah. does okay, and the crowd's always behind them. Although it was pretty emotional to see them in the uh, in gymnastics and the floor exercise, the men's floor exercise. So Whitlock right. from Great Britain won the gold, and then two Brazilian guys <clears> that went <throat> early in the sequence. Did you see that? And then they had to wait it out, and they were hoping and hoping and hoping. And then at the final one, you know, obviously there was only one more competitor, so you knew they were going to at least get bronze, but the guy slipped up a little bit, and then he got silver and bronze, <laughs> and the crowd went wild. It was all yeah, about Brazil. No, that was awesome. But only eight medals total and one gold, and they're in 17th place. That's 
For the host country, you would think they might and be it's a, a little big bit country better. Too. It's not a small yeah, country. Yeah, and it's, it's Summer Olympics, so I can understand winter, but in summer you would think Brazil would do better. Um, look, they would love to medal in basketball. I don't think that's, you know, I didn't check the standings. I don't think that's possible now. I know they played Nigeria today, so I know they needed to win that. I don't know what happened. But, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's really been, it's honestly, it's Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, and then Simone Biles. Simone Biles, some are saying, and, you know, you said it, I mean, maybe the best gymnast ever, but one of the best athletes ever, and that's being thrown into the conversation because, Obviously, she's, you know, got, uh, what, is it Paul Vault tonight, or, or I don't know if she's doing rings. I know no, she's, she's doing, got she's opportunities. Doing the, the, yeah, those are the men's events. So, no, she's doing, um, uh, she did balance beam. She got the gold today. And then okay. um, I think she's got one. So she's got three. three gold, one or two left, yeah. Three gold, one bronze, and she has one event left. Okay, okay. So, I mean, she's. She's been amazing. I mean, this type of dominance. And what did she get the bronze in? Today was on the beam. Oh, the beam. Okay, so she didn't win the beam. And then she's got floor exercise. She slipped a little bit. Yeah, she slipped. And then she'll probably, the balance beam. Yeah, probably win on the floor. But, I mean, Ray, she, like, her, her hop, like, you know, we used to say back in the days, her hops are undetermined. When she's on that floor, out the, the floor, the way that she, like, bounces off the floor, it's like, you feel like it's like five to ten feet higher than every other woman. Like it's an, it's insane. Like she and Al Troutwick said it on our show, you know. And it was so funny. I had to put a tweet out with all that controversy, like sticking up for our boy Al. Like yo, he had nothing but love for Simone. And you know, maybe he was just being a stickler about the whole grandparents parents thing. But you know, he apologized, and I I thought it was no big deal. You know, Twitter nowadays and everybody makes a big deal out of stuff. But I was just like, hey, just so y'all know, we interviewed Alan. He had nothing but love for her. And she she deserves the love, right? I mean, she's just been, you know, super, super. Look, to face the pressure and then to do it, right? Because she's come to gymnastics a little bit later. You know, she's not like Gabby, who's in her second. Do you feel bad for Gabby? Because Gabby looks a little sad. Like, she's happy that, you know, when they won the whole overall thing. But I feel like Gabby's like, I was the cat's meow four years ago, and now nobody is really talking about me. Are well, you, you seeing know, that, or am I reading into things? Sport. She's 20, and she's over the hill. She maxed out last time at 16. So she was the bee's knees, and just like Simone Biles is now 19. I mean, in four years, Simone Biles is going to be 23, which in this sport is ancient. Although there is one girl from uh, – not a girl, she's 41 years old – from um, – yeah. I thought it was Uzbekistan, I think, and she was competing in her seventh Olympics. So much That's props not, for her. Amazing. Uh, yeah. But I oh, think, yeah. you know what? I think it's performance. I think these other girls are just better. You know, Simone Biles yeah. is better. Ali Reisman is just better. Hernandez yeah, is better, just yeah. better. The, the rest of the girls. I love Hernandez. Off. Great personality. Four years that girl. ago. Four yeah. years ago, Gabby Douglas was the best gymnast in the world. No, she was. She, she did it. She and, proved and, and it. And kudos to her. You know, she barely yeah. made the team. She made the team because Caroli yeah. really wanted her and liked her and, and thought she could withstand the pressure. So her dominance has kind of peaked, but she definitely doesn't deserve what happened on, on uh, social media. You know, the problem sometimes with social media is that the worst comes out in people, and, and they just hide behind the 
you know, oh, this yeah, mask. Yeah, that's not it. And she was getting she was getting just abused and so and it was just unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like they were analyzing is she smile is she not smiling? She's not happy with she's disrespectful, she's not holding her heart when the, uh, you know, hand over her heart when they're doing the anthems, like really leave her alone. Oh uh, yeah. That type of stuff to me I missed that, but that stuff is silliness. I know for me what I was noticing though, just the demeanor in the sense that she she's just not she's not the number one stunner anymore and I think you could see it affecting her. And that's you know, I guess that's human, right? I, I can't these are young ladies, they're kinda of kids and even more so uh some of these girls because they're sort of they're not living the normal life, you know what I mean? So they're less mature in certain ways and more mature in others, do you know what I mean? Like Because they, they don't get to socialize with their peers and have normal experiences. I'll tell you one funny note. I think Simone Manuel and Katie Ledecky are both going to be freshmen at Stanford, and it's like people, you know, they don't even know who their roommates are, and people are going to be like, wait a minute. You know, like, I'm, I'm moving in with an Olympian. That's going to be funny, right? I think the, those are the kind of stories that are just, you know. How crazy it, is that? Just You're priceless. just a normal high school kid, and you go to Stanford, <laughs> and you run into, you know, an Olympian. And you're thinking to yourself, no, wow. It's, it's, it's classic. It really, it really is classic. So, you know, look, keep watching. Look for, um, you know, Biles. um you know, we still have got some, you know, and, 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 and I don't think Phelps is, is going to come back. I think he's done, and I think he deserves to walk Give off the way he did. Give him five he, more gold medals. Yeah, he's Aquaman, right? He's, he's 23 Aquaman. gold medals, 28 medals. medals. This That's... guy is unbelievable. I mean, uh, Did you see the Ravens stopped the game with the Panthers, the preseason game? He's from Baltimore, big friends with Ray Lewis and Flacco. They stopped the game to watch him swim. That's all you need to know about who he is. That, to me, says a lot. And, you know, I'm just happy for the guy. You know, I think he's great. You know, he had his son, Boomer. Little note, he he he, he had it out here in Arizona, and his doula was the same doula that Ray and that, uh, Tay had for my twins that just turned three yesterday, Jackson and Mateus. So we had the oh, same funny. doula. I didn't know that. Yeah, she, yeah, she's awesome. She's like the greatest lady ever. And she, um, yeah. Have her get Michael doula and, on the show. We'll talk some swimming I'm already. I'm going to I'm 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 work on that. I'm going to talk to my doula and reach out and be like, you know, Michael comes home from the Olympics. He needs to come to Ray and Tay. Yeah, without a doubt he does. So we're going to see what we can do. You know, Ray and Tay, we bring you a lot of. Uh, varied sports figures from all different backgrounds. So definitely go back and listen to that Al Troutwick interview right before the Olympics. You know, it's kind of uh, good insight and stuff like that to the games itself. And then hearing what he said, it, it's fascinating then to, you know, listen to the broadcast. You know, it's just uh, it's great. It's a great show, great listen. Let's talk about the football, man. Let's talk about the football because, okay, a couple things. We'll get to the preseason for week one, the quarterback. But the NFL just announced two things. Number one, that if August 25th happens and these four players that were in the Al Jazeera report, along with Manning, if they don't sit down and talk, and the three main ones are Harrison from the Steelers, James Harrison, 
Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers from the Packers, and I forgot the fourth guy is not a you know major stud. But Ray, the Packers could get killed if these guys get suspended, and the Steelers, you know, Harrison, they don't, you know, look, he did get a sack and a fumble in preseason week one, but I mean, why would they not just sit down and say it wasn't me, I didn't do it, or whatever? I don't know. Now facing suspension, strategize because. You know, if they get caught, and, you know, there's always been whiffs and rumors, and and now, but now when you have a, you know, a radio or TV, you know, sources saying that they've identified you, now there's some people, we'll bring it to baseball, there's some people like David Ortiz that somehow were able to get this shroud of controversy off their shoulders, Um but Roger Goodell takes this stuff pretty seriously, and he acts pretty swiftly. So whereas baseball was a little more lax, uh, you know, I think they really do have to, to come clean. And if they deny it, they have to deny it strongly. Because if they don't, and Roger Goodell senses there's some issues here, he will suspend you. So I'm I'm waiting to see. What is it, in a couple weeks? Um, yeah, August 25th, I have to. That's the, that's the deadline. Yes, so they need to come uh, I don't know. So this is the now the other you know a bunch of different news. But now the NFL saying in 2018 that they are planning to start their season the Thursday night game. I'm assuming to begin their season off in China. How do you feel about that? Is that a good thing? A bad thing? Are you indifferent? Is it? Weird? Are we? It's we, weird. Feel like our it's greatest a sport bit. should not be in bed with with China, a communist country. I don't, I don't and, feel uh, like that. I, I, th- okay. That, I mean, because if basketball can be in China, if baseball can be in China, football can be in China, right? I, I don't care about that. Yeah. I just feel like, you know, at a certain point, I'm okay with the Chinese audience liking football and getting into it, and, and maybe maybe in five, ten, fifteen years, we we'll have some Chinese players playing football. That's good. That's fine. If you're the best athlete in the world, you need to be playing in the best league in the world. But to bring the game to China, it just smells of marketing. It's too much. It's too much. You know, at least the NFL, you could argue, invested in in the European league, and, and they put 10 or 15 years of mileage into Europe, and now they have these games in London. Fine, I get it. And London is, a, you know, is a relatively easy flight from the East Coast. But to me, putting a game in China, it's like, could it be more obvious that it's marketing? And there's really no – I mean, I'm sh- the country's big enough that between the Chinese people and all the expats that are there, the American expats, they'll, they'll fill a stadium. But it just – I mean, it just feels like it's marketing first and football second. So I, I don't like it for that reason. I mean, I don't care about China. You know, I've, to me, if, if you can make football a, a global sport, great. You know, get the best athletes from all over the world. You never know. Maybe there'll be some great Chinese, uh, you know, play, play, uh, place kickers. Yeah, well, we had Yao Ming. Yeah. You could have uh, – yeah, maybe Yao Ming on a, on, a, on a defensive line, you know, blocking field goals, blocking <laughs> – why not? Rushing the Well, yeah, the mountainous regions, they end. definitely have – Taller, uh, you know, athletes and people there, uh, you know, in the mountainous regions of China, so where Yao Ming is from, so it's possible. It's just one of those things I'm just like, kind of like, hmm, 
Okay, I get it. You want to make more money. I like the fact that they've been, you know, talking and they're going to do stuff in Mexico City and different things. So, Ray, before we get to some of the playing, we have some, well, your Cowboys signed uh, Travis Frederick. Big time, though, $56.4 million, six years. Don't know exactly what the bonus was for, but you like uh, solidifying your center and your offensive line. Uh, you know what? And we got on Jerry Jones pretty hard because he was projected as a third-round pick. Jerry Jones picked him in the first round. And sometimes you just got to do that. You just got to say, I have conviction that this is my guy, and it's not worth the risk of yeah, I want waiting the best center in this another draft, round. Yeah. And he, you know, despite everybody saying he's a third-round guy and you could have got him in the second round, how are you going to waste a first-round pick? You know what? Sometimes you got to give Jerry Jones and his crew some credit, and not as a Cowboy fan. But what if it's Stephen Jones? I think. Whatever, I think Stephen is really machine, starting to drive the ship. Whoever you know, whoever yeah. it is, this notion that yeah. the Cowboys picked the guy two rounds ahead and first rounders are so valuable. You know what? At the end of the day, it just goes to show you out there, players out. are players, and if you and if you like a player, you go get him. And and good for the Cowboys for for getting this guy in the first round, locking him up, and then him proving to be a heck of a player. Player, players, player. Now, look, this is some stuff that went down today. Gronkowski left the field with an apparent injury, so we'll have to hear more on that. You know, the Patriots are tight-lipped. Then Sheldon Rankin, yes, the top pick from the Saints is going to be out uh, Ray, six to eight weeks. He had a, a leg injury. I think it's the fibula. Fibula, broken, yeah, yeah broken, six to eight weeks. I don't fibula. know about that. I broke my fibula, uh, and I don't weigh as much as A little bit longer, ranking. player. I don't but know Rankin's, you know, he's he's a superior athlete, so we'll see. I would I would go on ten weeks for that myself, but you know, we'll see. And then um, the Bengals lost their guy from Baylor, Andrew Billings, and they're saying he's out indefinitely. They don't know how long. Um, Seems like he had an injury. So now going to the quarterbacks, you know, obviously Wentz got a little banged up with the ribs, golf with the shoulder. But honestly, it's only one week. But could, could our guy, your guy, Dak Prescott, not only be the Cowboys' backup quarterback, no need for a veteran, especially with Kellen Moore gone, could Dak Prescott from Mississippi State be the top quarterback in this draft when it's not golf at one or not Wentz at two or not this one or that one. He looked very impressive. Cardell Jones out of Buffalo looked really good as well. But what are your thoughts about Dak? I mean, look, I don't get excited because it's preseason, but Ray, he looked poised. He had some nice passes, touchdown pass to Dez. Give me your thoughts. What do you think about uh, Dak and where he might rank in, in the rookie quarterbacks? D nice. I'm taking out you suckers and you don't know how I did it. Um He's a winner. We loved him look, in college. At the end of the day, we loved him in college. We loved his versatility. We thought he was a good quarterback. Pass our senior year, yeah. He moved around. He created opportunities for himself. Mississippi State came out and, and did big and old miss, but but the whole SEC looked a little different this year. The last look, two seasons. At the end of the day, this is Tony Romo's team, and as long as Tony Romo's healthy, nobody's taking his job. But 
Tony Romo has proven over the last five years that he can't stay healthy and his between his back and his shoulder and his collarbone collarbone and his hip bone connected to my thigh bone. So all of his bones are are getting real brittle. And um, I I don't think Dak Prescott is going to get the the time needed to be considered one of the top, you know, guys, quarterbacks in this year's draft. But two, three years out, when Romo finally has to hang him up, you know, the Cowboys, they they drafted Stephen McGee, and they had all these guys that were supposed to be like the heir apparent to Tony Romo. Nobody, yeah. And maybe Prescott's that guy. You know, I, I, I didn't think so coming out of college. I thought he'd be a nice backup. But you know what? Maybe you give him some burn, and then uh, Tony Romo's inevitably inevitably going to miss two, three, four games. So Prescott's going to get some game action. So keep an eye out for this kid. I, I don't think it's this year, but certainly keep an eye out for him in terms of a, a full-time starting NFL job, maybe in two, three years. NFL Although quarterbacking we have a caller. is a marathon, not a sprint. And we yep. have a caller. Okay. Hello, you're on the air with Ray and Tay today. Hello. Hello. We got a jokester or somebody serious. Hi there. My name's Professor Joseph Loomp, and I'm a college professor at Full Sail University. Me and my class, we love to listen to your show together, and I don't want to freak you out, but they're actually here with me. Uh-oh. I don't know about this. Yeah. Well, yeah. keep listening if you're legit, but we can't hear you, and you're fading out, but we, uh, you know, we appreciate it. But, Ray, it's time for some baseball, man. Yeah, time for Let's some baseball. Let's talk some baseball. It's, listen, I said this to you before we went on our little break. Would, you know, this is before the trade deadline, would the Rangers still be in first? And the Astros were kind of right there, I think, two and a half, three and a half back. Ray, Texas made the trades. They got a nice team. And now the Astros are seven and a half back. Seattle is catching up at five and a half back. And the Texas Rangers they really did what they needed to do on the trade deadline, them, the Indians, and the Cubs. Of course, the AL East, Toronto has done their thing, and they, they, they've jumped in the first place. But those three teams, Toronto, Baltimore, and the Red Sox, are all within a game and a half of each other. Red Sox won today. Give the audience a little update on just how historic what Mookie Betts just did the last couple of the other night and then the other game uh, not too long ago. Two, two games two, this season with three homers? Two three-home run games. I mean, that that those are numbers that sluggers have. And I guess Mookie Betts is a unlikely boop, boop, boop. slugger. I hope he doesn't turn out to be Brady Anderson if you catch my drift. Uh, but well, it's they probably hit another home run today. Twenty, I think it was his 25th homer and his 90-something RBI, Ray. They probably might mess around and get MVP and retire. That's he might crazy. mess around and come back next year. <laughs> no, but uh, in the American League, no, but think about it. In the American League, if you're talking about MVP, you got to put Jose Altuve at the top, Houston Astros second baseman. But Mookie Betts is right there. David Ortiz is right there. You know, obviously Miguel Cabrera and, and, and guy Manny Machado. But um, you mentioned it, though. i, I got to give the Texas Rangers credit. I thought for sure that the Houston Astros were going to steamroll 
and just mm-hmm. take over that AL West and finish what they started, not at the beginning of the season because they're the worst record in baseball after two, three weeks, but continue what they had begun last year. And you know what? Texas loses Prince Fielder. We didn't talk about that. That usually is devastating. I mean, not only financially, they got to pay the guy for four more years, but just he was kind of the heart and soul of that team. And then to go get the free agents to say, you know what, we're still going for it. Even though we have a suspicion, I mean, they just finally ruled him out a couple of days ago, but even though we have a suspicion that he's going down, we are all in. And they pushed their chips in, and they got themselves two free agents in Lucroy and uh, and Carlos Beltran to round out their roster. And you know what? That was the, big. Texas, the Texas Rangers are the real deal. Best record in the American League, second best record in baseball, right behind. I guess they're they're hanging out there right with the Nationals, and uh, you know obviously the Chicago Cubs turned it back on, right? We we saw them stumble a little bit about three weeks ago. Yeah, and then since yeah, they put like they twelve won. or thirteen out of fifteen or something crazy. It's yeah, been, it's been insane. I think they've won. It's it's crazy. Yeah. That team is just destined. I mean, if they don't win at this point, if they don't win, Cubs Indians, I could smell it. Rangers might have uh, something to say, and so could the Red Sox or, or or the Blue Jays. But Ray Indians, listen. The Indians have had an amazing season. Now, what we got to talk about is with Stanton going down, what does this do to the Marlins in terms of, look, they're still alive. (laughs) No, the the publicist said no, and I don't know contractually with the Yankees if he can because, you know, he's still going to be with the Yankees next year as a liaison, so I don't know if he can, but he said no, he's chilling. But they need more because A-Rod can't play first or third right now, and he needs to DH. They're talking about getting Teixeira from the Yankees. We'll see what happens. But maybe they just put Ichiro in every day, and let's see how they go. But, you know, I don't know if they can hold on. But, honestly, the Marlins and Mets could both miss the wild card because right now the Dodgers are only one back behind the San Francisco Giants, so that's going to go down to the end. So either one, the second team there gets the wild card, and then the Cardinals. You know, the St. Louis Cardinals wins. are always going to be in the mix. Yeah. Between them and the Pirates. Pirates are only a couple games back behind them. So those teams are all ahead of basically of, of, of well, the Marlins are right there with the Pirates. I mean, ahead of the Pirates. They're with the um, with the Cardinals. But I feel I, bad for the Marlins. The Mets, you, are the Mets done, they, though? I, well, no, I feel bad for the Marlins because this could have been the season. You know, you got the ace. And Jose Fernandez, you're having great pitching this season and timely hitting. You know, they, they got four they guys hitting over 300 yeah, they and like guys six guys hitting money. over 280. Yeah, they, their lineup is they put the guys put the ball in play and, you know, a lot of guys batting really well. And they're just not um, – I'd be shocked if they make it. You know, we know what the Cardinals do come down the stretch and the Pirates are tough. Especially if McCutcheon but, really gets gets it going again, you know? Yeah, let, we mentioned it before, but let's end on this note. Let me hear your thoughts about Alex Rodriguez and how it all came to an end. What do you yeah, think well, look, Friday right was – I'll say this, you know, to sum it up. Friday was the goodbye. He got to contribute to a win. You know, he did get to play one play at third base. He started – uh, that game and the prior game in Boston uh, as the DH, um, he pinch hit one day before, and the other days he just sat on the pine. 
Um, I'm pretty disappointed in the Yankees. I've been a Yankee fan since, what, 75, 76, since I could imagine loving any sport. And I did not think what they did was classy. And I don't care about the excuses of a pennant race. He's just as good as McCann or any of these young kids for a couple of at-bats playing DH, even pinch hitting him in some of those games. For the games for him not to play at all, that's inexcusable. And, you know, I understand that he put a bad taste in the franchise's mouth, but he also helped you get your last World Series in 2009. And the Yankees, I think, were in bed with him knowing that there were some suspicions of him doing steroids. I don't think they were completely blind to it. So now to kind of let it end this way, I was very annoyed by it. And I'm not even necessarily the biggest A-Rod fan, but what I would say about A-Rod is that he made me like him, without whether he cheated or not, because from the beginning – He's one of the best pure athletes and players I've ever seen play the game of baseball, and he was the best shortstop. He was an amazing third baseman. He was a power, average, clutch hitter, all of it. And, yeah, I I can't excuse the cheating twice. I'm not down with that. Um, He wasn't the only one, though. And I'm just glad at least he got to hit a double and drive in a run in his last game. And... Maybe he just falls short of 700 by four homers, or maybe in a year he goes to Miami or some American League team, or finally the National League will switch in a year or two to to the DH and he hits four homers and then walks off. But I'll miss Alex. He was fun. And I will say this to this day, Roger, Barry, Alex, and Pete. That's my hashtag. Those four guys belong in Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. And that's it. Drop the mic, everybody. Drop the mic. I dropped the mic. That's it. I dropped the mic. That's it. They're Hall of Famers. I can't say about anybody else. Those other guys are borderline. Those four. Anybody that knows the game of baseball, you're lying. Yeah, you're I mean, lying in your heart if you don't believe they're Hall of Famers. No, you're right. Look, and think about the the, the decades that they impacted, right? Pete Rose in the 70s and the, and the 80s. And uh, obviously A-Rod from when he entered the league, but let's say the 2000s and the first half of this decade. And uh, Barry Bonds, the, the, the 90s and the 2000s. Baseball wouldn't be the same without these four guys. So you can put in the Craig Biggios and the Bagwells and the Mike Piazzas and all these guys are good, very good. But these guys were great. These guys were a notch above everybody. And these guys were exceptional all-time greats. And for them not to be recognized as such, especially when, like you said, everybody was doing it. And so now it's incumbent on me or on us as, as you know, fans and Hall of Fame, you know, voters to now determine who was and who wasn't on steroids. I, you know, I think, like, we talked about before, you just got to put an asterisk on the whole era and put the people who did it on the field in the hall, and that's it. Let's just move past this. You know, make very good drug testing the norm in all the sports and just say that from whenever, 1985 till 2000. But it's still a museum. So talk about it on the plaques, Ray, in the, in the Hall of Fame. Say that they did this. It's okay. Kids and fans will understand. But to act like they never played and didn't exist, 
That's lying to people. Don't lie about the history. Tell the truth about history, and that's in any type of history, not just sports. I mean, it's childish. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think if they're not in the Hall of Fame, you're saying you're, you're not saying that they didn't play, but but they impacted the game. Well, they impacted penetration. Yeah, I mean, they impacted you know the competition. They impacted. I, Right. The you can't you tell the story people. of baseball, right? That's what they always say about the NFL. Can you tell the story of the NFL without this player, you know, Far, no. T.O., whoever? You cannot tell the story of baseball without Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, or Pete Rose. Can't tell the story. Cannot. You're right. So, listen, Friday we're going to have some fun. Ray and Tay, we're going to talk about – speaking of baseball, because, look, college football, fantasy football, NFL is coming – the Olympics are going to finish up next Monday. We are going to be all over it. But Friday, between the Olympics and baseball, that's what we're going to focus on. And Friday, Ray and Tay are going to go around the bases and give you our all-time favorite players at each position, starting pitcher, a DH, and a relief pitcher. So you check that out. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have some fun with it. You know, we were thinking, oh, should we just do recent guys? Can we do all old time? And then, you know, let's just do our favorites, you know. And it, maybe, it's, maybe it is a Mickey Mantle. I don't know. We didn't really see him. But, you know, maybe just reading the card and watching the highlights or whatever. But we just want to do our favorites. And, you know, some of that will be the greatest ever, and some of it will just be who is in our hearts. I mean, guaranteed there won't be any scrubs. They're going to be probably Hall of Famers or, you know, darn near close Hall of Famers. But Ray and Tay's favorite all-time around-the-diamond baseball players. That should be fun. We're looking forward to it. So That's going to be a great time. So we'll catch you on Friday. Uh, yeah. Have a great sports week. Get your Olympics on. Watch yes. your basketball. Watch your gymnastics. Watch all yeah, the watch track and field. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're not handling guys when they cut to the basket. Australia, France, I mean, Serbia, we struggled. All guys are doing is doing uh, Princeton cutting, backdoor passes. I mean, come on, these guys. they got to play better. Yeah, and it's just, Very it's upset. just swan. But, you know, swan. Mello, let's, oh, wait, let's, let's, let's be respectful. Let's be respectful. Carmelo Anthony is now the all-time scorer in Olympic basketball history, and we just need to give him a little – Give Melo a little clap, you know what I mean? Carmelo is – he's great in Olympic play. Cousins has been great. Kyrie's been great. Durant, for the most part, has been great. Klay Thompson struggled. Harrison Barnes can't even get in the games. DeRozan's not – you know, DeRozan and Butler aren't doing much. George is, you know, pretty good. It's been weird. DeAndre Jordan has been one of the best, too. But it, it's uh, – I don't know. They don't really want to play defense, but at least they keep winning. So let's hope they start to blow some teams out and show flex their muscles, you know. But give I these other the countries credit. will start to take it seriously. Yeah, well, we'll find out tomorrow. Enjoy the, the sports week, and uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. Peace. We're out.